Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we talk about when we talk about faith. For centuries, faith has shaped art and art has shaped faith. As we think about how we practice our faith, what does it mean to nurture the spirit through the practice of looking at art and making art? We will discover how art feeds the imagination and brings us closer to God. Welcome to Round Hill Radio. I'm Leslie. I'm Ed. Hey, Ed. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. So you're going to be doing, we're recording this beforehand, but for those of you who are listening afterwards, uh, you're going to be doing one of our second Sunday programs Yes. called Art and Faith. Mm-hmm. And I only recently learned about your your skill as, a, as an artiste. Uh, <laughs> how did this begin? How did you get into it? Uh, first, uh, we may need to reconsider the word skill, but thank you very much. <laughs> that's that's very kind. So uh, it's been a rather interesting journey over the years because like many people, when I was a child, if you gave me a pencil and a blank piece of paper, I was all good to go. Doodling up a storm? Easy, easy. You know, nothing, nothing difficult about taking care of me as a child. Just <laughs> give me the materials and I was all set. Nice. And then like a lot of people, I lost that. And just stopped doing it. You know, why is that? I mean, I I hear that story so often. Um, But then there came another moment, which was my freshman year in college. And all my roommates were taking biochemistry and calculus and physics. And I said, you know, I'm going to take art. Yeah. So I went off and took an art class. And that was a real epiphany for me because I just loved doing it. Had a great art instructor. And so I would say that that opened the door. And ever since then, I've just had to fight tooth and nail to try to create a little bit of space (laughs) to do this. But um, over the years, uh, the other thing that has really helped me a lot has been the opportunity to take classes. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the great gifts of living in this part of the world, southwestern Connecticut, is that we've got this wonderful resource in New Canaan called Silvermine Arts Center. And so I've been taking classes there and hopefully, uh, you know, improving the skills. But that's been a lot of fun. That's exciting. You were talking about finding space for them. Is there, is it a struggle to find the time in your busy, busy schedule? It is a big struggle to find the time. <laughs> <laughs> but my, I, I take comfort in this. You know, my name is Legion. There are thousands and thousands of other people out there who have the same problem. And, you know, you, you grab an hour here or a half hour there And, uh, of course, now there's a whole digital world that's opened up. There's some wonderful apps uh, like Procreate that you can get, and that makes it a lot more accessible. And actually, I have been doing that recently. I never thought I would do things digitally. Mm -hmm. But it does make it possible to sit down very quickly. You don't have to put out a lot of supplies, and you can just get started. So that's, that's been really nice. But, yeah, it is a struggle. Um, And one thing I will say, I try to be faithful about keeping Thursday as a Sabbath day or a day apart. And uh, for a long time, I was actually trying to take an art class on Thursday as part of that rest and refreshment. That was a huge help. I haven't done that so much recently, but as I prepare for the sabbatical, I want to get back into that practice. So we talked about time. Does the the practice of art and then your 
uh, <laughs> what I will flippantly call your day job. <laughs> do those oh, that things? Other thing. Yeah, yeah. That, that. Yeah, that. Do they do they tug at each other? Do they complement one another? How do they interact in your life? They definitely uh, are in creative tension. I'd, I'd like to believe it's a creative rather than a destructive tension. So that's that's where I am there. Uh, so you know, I guess two things I would say about that though. Um, when I create art, I find myself in a uh, in an emotional space or a spiritual space that's unlike anything else that I'm a part of. Uh, you know, I think in some ways we call it uh, being in the zone. Mm. Uh, it's a different kind of consciousness. And what I want to say about that is that it's very, feels very healing and restful. And that's good for the other things that I do. So when there's uh, a, a complementary quality between the art that I'm making and the work that I'm doing in non-artistic ways mm -hmm. or other artistic ways, that's a really healthy thing. And when art drops out of my life, I feel it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a certain level of low-level, you know, frustration. And when I'm creating, I feel very satisfied. I mean, even if I work on a piece and it's not something I'm especially pleased with, it's been the effort and the process that's been really great. So I think, I think each side needs the other. That's how I've come to look at this. Mm -hmm. And I hope that's always going to be part of the life going forward, that they'll stay in conversation with each other rather than being in an adversarial relationship. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let's dig down into that even more. So how does art shape faith? Well, I, I become a huge believer that um, the artistic process is so important in life, and we're doing it all the time. I mean, if someone sits down to write a grocery list or type one out and they you know, do a little doodling on the side, or they're thinking about planning a meal, or it's a social gathering, or there are so many things. To me, that's a creative process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when people are in some cha really challenging health situations in life and trying to figure out what's going to be the best treatment or how do I organize my life so that I can be healed, mm -hmm. that's a creative process, right? You're trying to help life flourish. So I guess I would also say there's a few other things. Um, one of the qualities of faith that I think is often overlooked is improvisation. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of the great stories that are in the Bible are really stories about improvisation. Jesus is walking along a road, somebody reaches out and tugs his garment and says, help me, and then he enters a conversation and then he responds to that. You don't get the sense that any of that was planned ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, life is a lot like that. And I am very attracted to art that builds from an improvisational base. I really don't do represent, representational art very much. Um, so I'm very fond of abstract art, which I actually didn't think I would be in my younger years. Mm -hmm. And so I really love that. And I think it was the great artist Jasper Johns who was once asked, uh, you know, how do you make a painting? And he said, well, I make a mark. <laughs> and then I make another mark. And then I make another mark. <laughs> and I love, you know, the the process of being in front of a canvas and letting that, uh, letting that unfold. So I think there's a connection between faith and art in that way. And I also think uh, both involve imagination. Mm. I think Jesus was an imagineer, you know. He, was, he really saw possibilities where other people saw dead ends. And I think when you stand in front of a canvas, again, 
the the blank canvas is terrifying only when we f- refuse to trust our own imaginative capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, when we start to think, wait a second, I can b- bring a lot to this canvas, then that's that's really powerful. And I often think of a line, it's in Toni Morrison's novel, Beloved, and there's a character in the novel who is a preacher, and she gathers um, these people together. It's in an African-American community. People are very disenfranchised, but she encourages them to tap their creative power. And she mm-hmm. says to them, the only grace you can have is the grace you can imagine. Wow. And I love that line. So I think imagination and improvisation are very important to faith and they're very important to art. Absolutely. And it makes me think, you know, as a, as a form of expression, not only to to be making art, but to be, I don't know, is the word receiving art, mm. to view art. That's a great phrase. Um, that it, that, that um, it's a way to express faith and a mm. way to also observe and think about faith, especially for those of us clearly like me who aren't great with words. This is why I'm a musician. <laughs> what am I doing on a podcast? You're doing great um, well, is what you're Ed. doing. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> but that it's a way to uh, help people on their faith journeys in different ways. You know, in schools, we talk about um, the different learning styles. Yes. I have a feeling that probably doesn't end in school. No. So you're, how are you connecting with people on that level? I heard a comment once by a teacher who was uh, leading a watercolor class, and she, the conversation during the class happened to drift over to faith matters and spirituality, and she said, uh, you know, when someone, when I hear someone say, let us pray, she said, I want to get a piece of paper and my watercolors out. Mm. And that was a, a bit of an eye-opener for me, because we're a very wordy culture, mm-hmm. and typically in I would say Protestant churches in particular, we are very, very infatuated with the spoken word. Mm-hmm. You know, so the sermon tends to be the kind of key part of the of the worship experience. But that's not really true to a lot of people's hunger for their worship experience or for, let's say, alternative worship experiences, mm-hmm. which could easily involve, um, you know, visual images. And of course, that's why there's so much stained glass and sanctuaries are created because we're trying to feed that visual hunger for, our, you know, that we, that we bring to our faith life. And um, I think that's really important for congregations to be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. We're very fortunate, and you have helped us in this way. Uh, You know, when we create our order of service each week, we're trying to think about what could we put on the front cover of that order of service that's a very powerful, Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful, maybe provocative visual image that doesn't just illustrate the text. It's not religious imagery necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's an image that evokes something that we're trying to communicate through the through the process of uh, exploring a text. Mm-hmm. And so we're helpful in that way. We're also really fortunate to have this fantastic Lebo's Art Gallery here at Round Hill Community Church. And so there's always an exhibition there. And it's just such a treat to be able to walk through the hallways every week and yeah. and have that gallery there. It's so amazing. It creates such a an experience, at least I know for me, to walk to my office and oh. walk past something different. Walk in so beauty. Often. Yeah, and it mm. changes so often. So with that experience changes. Right. Yeah, we would encourage a lot of people to come visit. Yeah, very unique, very special. Well, great. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, do you have any great, uh, who are your influences? When asked the question uh, about influences, I guess the most important thing for me to say is I think that creating art, from at least from my experience, is a spiritual experience, which is a phrase that's really being used uh, almost to death these days. But 
it's an important phrase, and I think we're trying to say some important things through it. For me, I feel accompanied when I make art. I feel like there's the accompaniment of a creative spiritual force, and mm -hmm. I have felt that for a very long time. So I guess that's part of the reason that when I'm making art, uh, it feels like a deeply restful experience. I mean, it can be you know, a little tumultuous uh, and uncertain and improvisational, but there's something that's also really peaceful about it. So the other thing I would say about influence is um, the person who taught the art class uh, that I took freshman year in college, his name was Czech Botterf. And I don't ever know what happened to him, and I never had any contact with him after that year, but he opened a door for me, and I am will always be grateful to him. And I think one of the things uh, that I realize now is that all those years ago, he gave me permission to create abstract art. Mm. Because when I was in college and I was started out in that class, I looked around at the students around me, many of whom had clearly taken art lessons for many years, and I thought did the most amazing detailed drawings of everything, you know, very representational. And he would look at those, and, and he clearly wasn't very interested in that. Huh. And I was working in these abstract images because I really couldn't do anything else. <laughs> and so he came over and sort of applauded that and said, you know, go ahead, let yourself be free. Yeah. And so I'm really grateful to, to him for that. And then the other big influence, uh, well, it's maybe more than one person, but it's my family. Because uh, my grandfather, my mother's father, died when he was very young. But in our home, we have three sketches that he completed. So he had an artistic interest and impulse. Unfortunately, he never got a chance to develop it. But interestingly enough, my older brother um, did pick up on that interest. And when my mother was in her early 70s, she had never drawn, painted, any of that. She became really interested in art. Got a lot of oil paints, turned part of her little apartment into a studio, and that was a big passion for hers. And so, you know, the big current influence uh, in my life right now is really Susan, my wife, who has just been such a great cheerleader for me to do this and, and is making so many things possible and has helped me to create my own website. And so that's really been, that's been so helpful. And I'm not sure I would be doing any of this if it wasn't for that encouragement. That's lovely. Thought for the day? Well, I'm a big fan of Howard Thurman, who is, uh, was a great African-American preacher um, during the 20th century, very great influence on Martin Luther King Jr. And I love this comment. He said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it, because what the world needs is people who have come alive. So I'm doing art, making art, because it makes me come alive, and I hope that's good for other people, too. That's wonderful. Thank you, Ed. You're welcome. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks for listening. Round Hill Radio is brought to you by the members and friends of Round Hill Community Church. You can find more episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and roundhillcommunitychurch.org.